What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins. On the other side of the microphone, David Lake. David, not an emergency podcast just because we were both out and about, but um, I guess a breaking news podcast. Derek King is going to return to Miami for a, a second season with the Hurricanes, a, a sixth season at the college level. Um, this is absolutely huge for Miami. Huge, man. And I got to tell you a personal story, right? <laughs> so uh, typically my family, you know, probably the last 10 years or so, we, we all rent a cabin up in Northwest Georgia, you know, try, try to enjoy some colder weather. Um, and, you know, 2020, we, we decided to take our, our family bubble up to this cabin in Georgia, just hole in and, and enjoy, you know, different scenery. And I don't know if you remember this, Andrew, but back in 2018, I guess it was. Yeah, I remember. So we were, this was the day after, I believe it was the pinstripe bowl. Miami got hammered by Wisconsin. And, you know, that morning, my family and I were like, let's go for a hike. It'll be nice. We, we went out on a hike and we're in the mountains, right? We're in the boonies. There is no cell service. And so... <laughs> And so we're just starting on this hike and I get a flood of texts. My phone must have like picked up some cell service for like one minute. And it's like, Mark Rick's retiring. Are you on this? I got you texting me, Chris Stock texting me, Pat Foley, who's our boss at 24 seven texting me. And I turn to my wife. I'm like, uh, so Mark Rick just retired. <laughs> I got to get on this. So fast forward three years you know, we, we decided to go out on a hike yesterday. Uh, you know, I, I was able to get the hike in this time at least, but as we're driving back to civilization here in the mountains, I got texts from you and Gabby. Hey, Derek King coming back. I can yeah. get on this. Okay, cool. Blah, blah. And, you know, not nearly as like disaster mode as the head coach retiring, but still huge significant news that we had to jump on. And, and I was once again on a hike. Um, so the wife is being very patient. I appreciate her. She's the real MVP and, uh, you know, huge news, like, and Miami was good, good to get Derek, uh, a media availability with us, with the whole media yesterday afternoon. And he, he talked about his decision and, and, you know, you and I have talked about this the whole fall, right? Like this is the absolute best case scenario, not only of course for 2021, but just this football program and Manny Diaz as head coach. Um, Miami gets another year. You know, they lucked into this year, honestly, with Derek being able to come back in 2021. Uh, right. If it weren't for COVID, he would be gone this year. So, you know, he gets an extra year of eligibility. That means Miami gets to develop Jake Garcia for one year, develop Tyler Van Dyke for, for another year in the program. They get to compete behind the scenes to be the heir apparent to De'Ara King. And also too, they get to see, you know, what a quote unquote pro quarterback, how he goes about handling his business. Because, you know, we all see, um, we all see uh, what he does on the field. But the thing that, that he brings to this program that, you know, can't really be quantified honestly is the leadership he brings to the offense, to the team, uh, the maturity he brings. So. You know, Manny Diaz, 
he is, I'll, I'll say this, all the dominoes are falling in line for him to be here a long time. And, you know, again, the, the thing I say is the only thing that matters is the results on the field. Um, but those, he, he's given himself a chance to sustain success in 2021 by convincing De'Ara King to come back for another year. And it's huge for the program. So I got a few things. I, I, I guess why it caught us off guard was I expected an announcement after the bowl game. Like, I just think the timing was a little weird. Um, but if you're Miami, like, this is perfect, man, because I think me and you in the last podcast both kind of hinted that things could go either direction after the bowl game, depending on the result. Now you know Derek's coming back um, regardless. So I, I think the timing was a little odd. You know, that's maybe why yeah. we, weren't, we weren't prepared um day after christmas you know but right. it, it is a saturday uh, i thought it was cool how the announcement came um from d eric's personal twitter account and, and you talk about name image player likeness and all that stuff it was i don't know if miami produced that video uh, but miami had a bunch of stuff ready and they let him use his own channel and i right. think more and more moving forward as we get further down the line with this um you know, kids are going to want to go to schools where programs allow guys to develop their brand. And Miami seems to be all about that uh, on all fronts. The, the other thing, this, and I texted you this, this kind of signals to me that like Diaz is ready to win this offseason. I know we're not officially in an offseason, offseason, but this was like the big, you know, battle for him. And, and a few weeks, I tweeted this out like a few weeks ago. I was talking with the people I talk with, just kind of asking about remaining spots, remaining numbers. And this was really just kind of talking about like high school guys they can make a run at. And I was quickly met with a, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the number one target on our board is Derek King. So this won't right. be a recruiting battle, but it absolutely is. And I'm sure people can make the argument of, well, you know, Derek was, didn't have the opportunity to go to the NFL or he wasn't going to be a high pick. Yeah, maybe, but uh, the Senior Bowl d director, he tweeted out, I think yesterday, hey, look, De'Ara King had a spot at the Senior Bowl. He could have came here and competed a a as a quarterback or a wide receiver. Um, so I, I think it shows a lot that M Manny was able to talk him into coming back. And, yes, you know, Quincy Roche and, and Jalen Phillips are going, but those guys are going to be high picks. Um, yeah. In years past, most guys inside that locker room in Coral Gables, I mean, if they got a grade that says they're going to go day three, they're going to go. And Derek shared with the media uh, on Saturday that, that the feedback he had gotten back from the NFL draft advisory committee is that he would probably be selected somewhere between the fourth and the sixth round. But he kind of said like he was viewed mostly as a hybrid player. Right. And, and what he insinuated was he feels like he can improve that draft stock and he feels like he can maybe be viewed more as a quarterback if he comes out and plays like he thinks he can in 2021. So, you know, that's his goal to, to improve his draft stock as a quarterback. And I think quite frankly, he can do it. What, what do you think? Like, do you think there is still more room for growth with Derek at quarterback? You know, he, he mentioned yesterday he had never been in the same system for two years yeah. at the college level. Uh, um, I, I think so. And I don't want to take this in a different direction, but you know, as a guy who kind of, is tracking the NFL draft more and more, you know, this is also a pretty deep quarterback draft. Like, I think it might yeah. make a little sense to be like, you know what? Uh, let's, let's take a break. 
um, and, and see where, where, where this things lay out in, in 2022. No, I do agree with that. And, and Manny brought that up. I don't know if it was yesterday or in, in previous, I mean, how much seven on seven did Derek get with his guys during quarantine, right. you know, um, with the timing and all that, I, I absolutely, uh, agree. My question tell me to you this. is, tell me okay. this too. So, you know, you, you kind of touched on it with the recruiting aspect, but I think just having Derek on the roster too helps Miami close potential transfer portal oh. targets. Oh, yeah. Right? No, that is, that is, that is the story. I mean, I, I, I fired off some texts as soon as that happened. Like, you know, this has to help with you guys in the portal. I mean, look at last this yeah. time last year, Quincy Roche, who was right. he about to go to? Like, was Virginia it Virginia Tech, I think, right? Yeah, and, and, and there was a time when Quincy was waiting to see what Derek was doing. And, and I remember I was talking to one of my sources, and they're like, I don't understand this. Like, these two have never met in their lives. Like, they played against right. each other once, and Quincy was waiting to see what Derek did. So, yes, I, I absolutely think so. Um, we can get into, you know, a little bit maybe what they do with the, the remaining counters, but I think it's a lot easier to go after one of these high-profile guys going, look, man, we look, we, we, you, you will be showcased against Alabama week one, and right. we, we got one of the best quarterbacks in college football coming back. You know, I'm looking, at, I'm looking ahead to next year's roster or next year's schedule, and, and of course you touched on it opening with Alabama, you know, that game is what it is. We'll see how, how Miami competes in that game, right? But I think when you have a guy like De'Aaron King on your roster, every game after that is definitely winnable. Now, will they win? That's to be determined. But So next year, the, the other non-conference games are App State, uh, Michigan State, and um, CCSU Blue Devils. I don't know who, which FCS team that is, <laughs> to be honest. But, a, a College of Charleston? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But So those are the non-conference. And then, you know, the conference, the toughest games would be, you know, NC State might be tough. Uh, at North Carolina, going to be tough. And I think at Pittsburgh is going to be tough because they're getting Kenny Pickett back for another yeah. year. So... I think, but, I, I think I saw something like Duke is the only team in the ACC that's not going to return a quarterback that doesn't have starting experience. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, and you know, FSU with Mackenzie Milton. I mean, I think that'll be interesting to see how that goes. They, they will definitely be uh, much more from formidable with oh, Mackenzie yeah. Milton. And then yesterday they, they surprised the heck out of me by being able to land Jermaine Johnson, the, the transfer portal defensive end from Georgia. Um, so they're, they're making moves this offseason too. And, you know, look, I touched on it, but the goal for Manny is to sustain success. Like these one-year bumps, like this 2020 season has been a good one, but it can't just be a one-year blip. Miami right. has to get to the point where it's over a three-year run, they're, they're winning 10 games. That's when Miami is a real program. That's when things start rolling downhill. And that's when the recruiting success uh, improves, you know, takes another jump forward. Yeah. So He's making all the right moves, and this is, you know, obviously bringing back De'Ara King is a huge part of that. Okay. Uh, your favorite roster management podcast wants to kind of get in where we go from here. So we're going to take a quick break. Other side, talk about a position change uh, and what Miami does with the counters. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, David, so tucked in all of this, I guess buried in, not buried in the lead, but, you know, as, uh, if you read, a, open up a newspaper, this would have been a, a very small, I think, sidebar to the D.R. King coverage. I, was it Manny that revealed yeah. Zach McLeod is now working at defensive end? Just yeah. give, me, give me, like, two <laughs> thoughts on this because I, I, have, I have a lot of takes. I didn't see it coming, right? So Manny was asked, like, big picture, just, you know, of course, we, we haven't talked to him since Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche officially declared for the NFL draft, right? So it was a big picture question of like, you know, how are the defensive ends, you know, looking? Are they ready to step up in this bowl game? You know, and he was specifically asked about Cam Williams and uh, Jafari Harvey. And Manny went out of his way to talk about Chance Williams, the true freshman. He said he's had a good week of practice. And then he said, and also, too, we have Zach McLeod working at defensive end, and he's he's doing some good things there, too. And so, you know, he again, he went out of his way to highlight that Zach McLeod is not going to be working at weak side linebacker as much, which I think is is important to note, too, because maybe we see more Tyreek Austin Cave, Oof. who's a freshman linebacker. I think, too, we'll still see a lot of Wayne Steed and Sam Brooks as well, but you know, they need to find out what they have there. And so hopefully this allows them to do that. And honestly, too, I am intrigued by Zach McLeod okay. as a pass rusher because, yep. you know, the issue with him is playing in space. The issue with him is having those instincts at linebacker. But, he, you know, in terms of height, weight, speed, there is something there to work with. And, and you know, they don't use him a ton on blitzes. I'm looking at pro football focus. He has 27 pass rushing snaps this year and has five quarterback pressures, which is a good rate, um, a pressure for every five snaps. Um, will that translate to defensive end? No. But at defensive end, if you're doing a quarterback pressure for every eight or nine or 10 snaps, you're a fairly decent uh, college-level pass rusher. So can, can McLeod match that type of production? I bet he can. And so I'm intrigued. And I wonder, too, if he does have success – in this role, is that, does, is that a reason to bring him back? You know, cause he's a senior, he'll have a free year of extra ex eligibility as well. Uh, does it make sense to bring him back in that type of role next year too? What do you well, think? Well, let uh, me ask real quick question. Can Zach McLeod be Scott Patchen? See, I would say no. Okay. Close to it or no? Close to it. Maybe. I think Scott honestly was a little underrated. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to, what do you think his ceiling is as a pass rusher? Like compare him to someone in Miami's program that we've seen over the past few years. Oof. Um, man, I got to look at the roster. I'll say this, like 
Do I think he can be as productive as we have seen? And this is a low bar. I'm not saying this is good, but like, can he be as productive as we've seen Jafari Harvey and Cam Williams be this season? Oh, I think well, he can be. Okay. Well, here, here, here's my take on this. And I have no idea what Zach looks like. I haven't asked. I mean, this, you know, I'm doing all this other stuff. Like I, I haven't been like, Hey, you guys moving anywhere around in bowl practice. Um, my thought is, I, I think when you look at the defensive line room, and I, you know, I, back in the in, in the preseason, I was like the president of the Cam Williams fan club. I've always liked Jafari Harvey, and I, I know you're really big on Chance Williams, but those are only three guys, okay? Right. And we don't think Thomas Davis and Jabari Ishbell are going to be ready to play anytime soon. So no. I, it, it's already a very thin group. Okay, and we talk about counters. Derek King staying is, is huge. Now you, you still have three counters. Um, we think Miami's probably going to do take a def- defensive end, a veteran guy, um, a corner, right. and then we can get into what that last one does. But they don't have a ton of room to, to add defensive ends. And if 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 McLeod were to, you know, look somewhat serviceable in this role, I mean, why not bring him back? Yes. For a sixth year as a body. And I, I know everyone's going to is moaning and groaning. Well, they're going to take time. He's going to take time away from uh, Jafari Harvey and, and Cam Williams. I mean, if he is, that's probably more of an issue with those two right. than anything. But man, like he isn't going to count. He, he won't cost you a counter. Like I think that is, is certainly is intriguing the word. Like it would make sense to me. Yes. No, it makes a ton of sense to me as well. Um, Okay, here's this again. This isn't the greatest example because there was injuries that that kind of hurt his career. But like Demetrius Jackson, that was the, that was the one I was going to bring up. Okay, or like yeah. Trent, or like Trent Harris. Like, but Trent's in the league. I, he had a good year. He he had that one year where he had eight and a half sacks. You know, that's why I would pump the brakes on Trent Harris. But you know, from a like physical ability, there's some similarities there. Now Trent you know, technically is, is probably going to be on another level than Zach, of course, because he's just had more reps doing it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. It's something to explore. Uh, and look, I'm with you too on the Cam Williams, Jafari Harvey stuff. It's like, of course, you want those guys to develop and, and get more reps at it, but you also got to produce. I mean, those guys need to pick it up. So um, I don't think Miami can just sit back and hope those guys take the next step um, and we'll see how they do in this bowl game. Okay. Shifting away from the bowl game, um, big picture roster number. So Derek, Derek is staying. Okay. Yeah. First off, I got to point out uh, I'm one for one in predictions like we did on the last podcast. Ooh, I, you're, o, you're, you're O for one. Um, yeah. uh, I will say this. I, w- did I say Brevin was coming back or going? I can't remember. I, I think you said coming back if I remember correctly. Okay. I, 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 and I told you this, you know, I'm, I'm here it's 50, 50 on him. And I, I would anticipate most of these other guys coming back, especially now with right. Uh, Derek. I mean, who knows Jared Williams, I think is probably one of the more intriguing ones. Correct. Agreed. Agreed. He, I think I saw he, and again, this doesn't mean anything technically he's just holding a spot, but he accepted a berth into some low, low level. Oh, the hula bowl. Yeah. So what does that mean? I don't know, but. You know, again, he's not locked into leaving, but right. he he's definitely 50-50 probably is fair to say. Okay. Well, let's – so counter situation now that King is back. So we, we always talk about how many spots Miami has. So 
three left. You don't have to get a graduate transfer quarterback. Um, what 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 is the ideal thing you would do? And I, I know me and you both were like all in on Jermaine Johnson on the last podcast. I, I don't actually know how much contact there had been with Miami. Like I know that was a name tossed around, but I wouldn't classify him as like, yep, they, you know, they, right. they went all in on him. I, I think maybe they would have if he was still available after the bowl game. Because remember, Miami's playing at a bowl game in a few nights, right. and I think that's where a lot of their focus is right now. I mean, the luxury if you had a bad season is you're just sitting around and recruiting. So, um, right. What, what do you, how do you th- see this shaking out? So we're saying three spots? Three. Well, I mean, there's also a high school name in play. Right. Take us, um, take us through that. So start, let's start with that. Was that before we, or after we recorded the last podcast? Yeah, we haven't touched on it. So it's after you, okay. I think you released that Christmas Eve, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then I proceeded to drink some champagne at dinner. <laughs> um, so Terrence Lewis, the five-star linebacker. I mean, you know, everyone knows who he is at Miami Central. For a while, it was it was Maryland Auburn in, in that final two. We know Gus Miles on's out. Um, he did not, by all accounts, everything I know, did not sign during the early signing period. Um, is that notable? I mean, yeah, because he's going to enroll early and he could just basically show up and, and take classes wherever he wants. So as of right now, he's he's tentatively, or I mean, he's scheduled to make a commitment January second on NBC. Uh, during a declaration day special for the All-American Bowl. Um, I, I wrote this, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming most of our listeners have already read it. You know, look, I, I think from what I've been told, you know, this is kind of shaping up to be a Maryland-Miami battle. Um, he's, to my knowledge, never been to Maryland before. Uh, Miami, you know, it's been a there's ebbs and flows with this recruitment. Sometimes it seems like Miami is is not interested. Then it seems like they're interested. You know, it, I'll just say this: like I don't think the stars aligning in, in, in Terrence and Miami getting on the same page are as far fetched as as we once thought. So what does that mean? Who knows? All I'm saying is one of those final counters could absolutely be used on Terrence Lewis. Um, let me let me pin you down for the podcast listeners. And again, this is December 27th at 9.37 a.m. A lot could change. And he's set to announce, right, on J- January 2nd. Right. And the, and the other thing is he could announce and then, you know, things could change. <laughs> right. Someone, so, could get, someone could get fired. I mean, it, it really will come down to whenever he, I, I mean, are there even in-person classes? Like whenever he enrolls online somewhere? I, I don't even know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Okay. As things stand this morning, uh, where would you put? You haven't put a crystal ball in yet. Well, where mine's would on, you put it? Mine's on. Mine's on, uh, on Auburn. And, and like okay. I said, you know, for the longest time, I've been thinking about moving it to Maryland, but I, I, I'm hesitating because, uh, again, I, I think everything could fall into place, and it could be some type of marriage between T2 and and Miami. It'd be weird, um, but you know, I, I think it could happen, and. Who knows? Like I said, there's could be some coaching changes. Uh, Auburn just hired a, a new coach. We don't know yet if he's going to pursue Terrence Lewis. I mean, maybe he could. So that's why I've been hesit- hesitating. Right now, it's on Auburn, but it's it's a one out of ten confidence score, the lowest it could be. So from a Miami perspective, it it kind of boils down to 
how badly does Terrence want to be in this class, right? Like right. he has to make it clear to Miami, yeah, I'm in. Like he almost has to recruit himself to join Miami. Is that fair to say? Like Miami, they they would love to have him, but you know, we've we've touched on there's some issues there off the field. Terrence has to make it a hundred percent clear he's all in. Right. Correct. No, I mean that to a degree. That's not the end all be all, but. Right. You know, I think he's got to show that he wants to be at Miami. Okay. So there's one counter maybe, right? Right. Um, if and, we're talking – And, I mean, so let's say it's not Terrence Lewis. Like, that still could be used on some Yeti of a recruit out there that all of a sudden wants to come to Miami. I mean, is that likely? I don't think so. Uh, you know, Tristan Lee, the, the offensive lineman, his name keeps getting tossed out there. I don't think that's realistic based on the people I – communicate with um but you know maybe there's a high school corner all of a sudden they like or something like that so we'll just say that could also go there but um you know it's to me like i I don't think miami really is interested in high school kids right now and i kind of get that yeah they got to win now i think and uh so Regardless of Terrence Lewis, honestly, my number one position of need would be a, a, a high-level transfer portal defensive end. Yeah, you for know? sure. So, so that's number one. Num- the question is, where would you go with number two? I lean towards getting De'Ara King a weapon at wide receiver. A- and the question with that, though, is will there be an elite guy where it's worth using that? Um, counter. Now, I don't think you go get like an average wide receiver that's just a senior and gonna, you know, solidify that position. I think it needs to be a difference maker. The question is, are there going to be difference maker wide receivers in the portal? Yeah. Um, so that's where I, I lean number two. And then number three, I, I would say, I think the debate is between corner and linebacker. I flip flop on this every day. Um, I guess I would go corner but I think you could make the case for linebacker too. I don't know. <sighs> well, uh, I agree. Priority number one has to be a, a pass rushing defensive end. Look at the scheme. Look at the guys they're going to have drafted. Like this defense goes through what you have on the edge and what those guys right. are able to do. So that has to be the priority. I mean, and, and who knows? Cam, Cam Williams and, and Jafari Harvey could come out uh, on whatever night it is Tuesday and look like absolute studs. And then maybe, you know, that's not as much of a, a need yeah. as before. Um, I do think getting Derek a, a weapon makes sense. I know people are already pushing back on that kid from Montana, uh, Torre. I, I mentioned, look, right. I, I, I mentioned him because I think. He's the best option right now. Right. Yeah. And, and why? Because it, it's, it would be like a KJ Osborne mentality. He, he's showing right. up. He's not coming from an Alabama where the facilities are nicer and he's used to all this stuff. I mean, he, he's shown up to improve his draft stock. And, you know, he, he's in some way already professional just in terms of what he's done to get, to get where he is. So that's, that's why I would lean to some guy who has experience and right. has done it at some level as opposed to some kid who's leaving a bigger school that hasn't been through any of that. Like, how do you know they're not going to come to Miami and, and, you know, flame out? So. Uh, and, and I, I think you've got to go corner over linebacker for, for that other spot. Like I, I would rank corner even probably higher than wide receiver, to be honest. And, and the, yeah, I think that's fair. The question too, with corner is, is there an elite guy where it's just a no brain head scratch, 
you know, you don't scratch your head with like, okay, is this guy better than Al Blades, DJ Ivy? Maybe, maybe not. To me, that's the debate with Corner. Um, and I don't necessarily know if there is that guy in there right now. You know, I, I am intrigued by John Dixon, who, yeah. who is who is transferring from South Carolina. But even him, like, I'm not 100% sold that he's better than Al Blades and DJ Ivy. I think he probably is. But I'm not like, okay, yeah, no brainer. This guy's going to start game one against Alabama. I don't know. Well, he was the name I was going to ask you about. Um, I like it. I would make that move. But the, the question I think is, do you make that move for him? Or do you stay patient hoping that a better corner, which probably isn't going to happen, I don't know, uh, enters the portal? What would you do? <laughs> I uh, stay tuned to inside the you.com. Cause I'm going to, I am going to write something on that. No, I, I think you just kind of go after him and then, and then see what transpires after some of more of these bowl games. I think more guys are going to enter. Okay. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, you know, those are the key positions of need linebacker. I think the hope would be Corey flag takes a next step. I think you're hoping that weak side linebacker, Hopefully Avery Huff or Tyreek Austin Cave really benefit from a real offseason um, because physical ability-wise, both those guys have what it takes. Yeah. But as, as we've seen, instincts, of course, are huge at that linebacker position. Do they have the instincts? You don't really know till you're playing games. Yeah. Well, uh, let's, let's wrap this up. I know you got to go hiking and, and whatnot. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm headed off to IMG loaded camp. So cool a few yeah a few, a few miami targets there so maybe i'll have updates so i'll just give my bold prediction right uh in this podcast so i'm going back and forth on it i <laughs> I'll, I'll fully admit like i am being swept up in this dear king stuff oh gosh so i'm gonna go miami 28 oklahoma state 24 i think i do think miami's going to show up and play i think that's the bottom line like we could do all the bowl analysis talk blah 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 let's be real these bowl these level bowl games boil down to which team's going to show up yeah and i and i'm not saying oklahoma state isn't going to show up i just think miami's in a good space right now mentally uh you know we talked about how it is kind of weird timing with Derek announcing when he announced, but maybe that was, you know, planned. Maybe they thought this would give the team a boost going into this bowl game. So I am being super Homer fan, uh, Miami 28, Oklahoma state 24. I have no prediction prepared. That's fine. So I'm not giving you one. I'm just saying my initial reaction is, well, that's kind of low scoring. I think, yeah. I mean, look, Oklahoma state's defense is legit and you know, their offense is, is always has some explosive elements, but it isn't the typical Oklahoma State offense that we know. And, yeah. you know, if Miami is, this is a huge storyline, if Miami is able to generate some sort of pressure, Oklahoma State's quarterback is not good under pressure. He throws, he averages one pick per game for his career. Um, so if they're able to get him a little uncomfortable, it's going to, you know, significantly tilt to Miami's favor. If not, then Oklahoma State has, I would argue, the best wide receiver Miami's faced all year, which is saying something. 
because they face some big time guys in Tylen Wallace. And that's not going to be fun to watch, but we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, stay locked to the site. I'm sure we'll have a post-reaction podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Take care.